This is your Monday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand, Patrick Royce, here with me as usual on Mondays. Got a lot to get to, Patrick. Um, we'll start with the Twins in a minute here, but we'll also get to British Open. That's quite a finish there. There, Everybody's just waiting to you know, give Rory his, uh, his celebration. And then uh, Cameron Smith had other ideas. And I guess Rory did too, because he did not play great on Sunday. He played okay, but not, uh, not great based on what had been going on all week. Um, Cheryl Reeve upset about disrespect from the league. Um, get to a little bit of Aurora and loons. Both those teams won. Over the weekend, more meaningful in the big picture of their season for Aurora. And we got to get a little bit of uh, Cooperstown induction is next weekend. And I understand you are going, Patrick. So let's let's get ahead of that a little bit before we talk about it next week. Um, but yeah, twins, Patrick, my gosh. Um, I was worried about this series for, I don't know, just didn't seem like they'd been playing all that great lately. Just kind of felt like they were out of gas a little bit from all the games they've been playing, all the work they had asked their bullpen to do seemed like a team that needed four days off, but I was, you know, for their sake, I was hoping that they could, you know, find a little bit of reserve, just knowing they had some, some break here, but they sure just looked like a team that was overmatched against the white Sox. two blowout losses, including what was it yesterday? 11, nothing. Jeez. 16 hits to one yesterday. That's not good. That's, as they say, that's not good. No, it's, uh, well, uh, I, I, I have the uh, rather uh, odd uh, view of this, that if I was the Twins, I would not spend a lot of resources pumping up this team. Uh, they don't have enough pitching. One pitcher isn't going to change it, and this is not a uh, – a, the White Sox are probably going to end up finishing eight games ahead of them. B, uh, this is not a team to, uh, you know, to think that, oh, man, if we only had one person, we can, you know, make it to the American League Championship Series or something like this. This team's got no chance if they, you know, they might win a playoff game miraculously, but uh, they would have no chance against it. I know it's baseball. Anything can happen. Blah, blah, blah. This team against the Yankees or an Astros, they'd all be 10 to nothing with uh, 16 hits to one. This is not a team worth investing a lot of uh, fire and uh, you know, a lot of your ammunition in, I don't think. And, uh, you know, the interesting thing is somebody calls up and makes a nice offer for Correa at the uh, all-star game uh, at the uh, deadline. What would you do? I, I that guy's really a good player, man. And, uh, you know, if you had any chance to keep him fine, but, uh, this isn't a good team. This is the lineups. Okay. The lineups. Okay. But I've been saying all along, you can't come close to the finish line with this pitching. And now that Sonny Gray has turned yeah. bad, now he might bounce back, but you know, we want to crown, uh, some of these uh, young pitchers, they Dylan Bundy is now their second best starter. That's all you got to know about this team. So, uh, you know, they, they're not worth, they're not worth spending uh, much of your young talent on, you know, if you want to, you know, if you want to trade one of your extra lefty, if you want to trade Kepler and get something for it, fine. 
but yeah. and, and and you know then you got some other left-handed hitting outfielders but uh you know i i just don't see oh they got to go out and get a big pitch not for this collection not for this team yeah i agree with that i i, I don't think I don't, I don't think all along maybe they were they would be they would have been looking at that they just it was it's been a weird it's kind of been a weird year from the start because it's been like a year of mixed messages from the start because you know they they obviously made some significant upgrades in the offseason when you're talking about adding carlos correa when you're talking about trading your 2021 first round pick um chase petty to get sunny gray you're 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 admitting that you aren't just punting on the season but the weird taylor rogers trade at you know right before the season started and just kind of the, you know, how they finished last year, the way they kind of seem like they've been, you know, getting these starting pitchers ready, but for hopefully for 2023, not 2022. It, it was a year where it kind of seemed like they weren't sure what exactly they had or were. And I think it's probably fair to say that they have overachieved. They've certainly played above expectations to this point. I think they've played above their talent to a certain degree. But the, the problem too, though, Patrick, is that every time I'm ready to just say, yeah, here we go. This is the inevitable slide, you know, like after it happened when they lost those million close games, bullpen games to Cleveland three weeks ago, they turn things around again and, and rebuild that lead to five games. Now, right now it's just two over Cleveland and three over the White Sox at the break. And that's a problem because there's two teams now that they have to, fend off if they are going to fend them off and you know there's the three wild cards now give you a little bit of incentive to think you can hang around and, and maybe you know even if you lose the division lead if you end up being competitive you could still get a wild card but yeah i'm, I'm kind of with you I, I think the most i would do probably is you know get some get some bullpen help because that that, that at least gives you a shot to to get to the finish line and be competitive like you, you run into a you run into a public relations problem more than anything now if you don't do anything is is kind of how I would look at it. Uh, public relations problems, uh, who cares? Uh, you know, that's we we you know if they if they get a relief pitcher, people will say they got the wrong relief pitcher, and uh, they they got a they, you know the the hardcore baseball fans. Uh, are down on them and uh, which is only a very small percentage of the population and the people who just go to a ball game because they go to two a year, they don't care. <laughs> They're not going to go out and buy a bunch of tickets just because you would go and get a picture or not. It's uh, you know, the, the, in the, the, the crowd at the, at the ball game is, uh, is, is far different than the crowd on Twitter and yes. the Star Tribune commenters and, and people like that. I you know, they've, you know, I've always said that the secret of having a halfway decent year at the gate is to be good early. And if you fall on your face by August, some people have bought some tickets. August has always been traditionally when they draw fairly well. Uh, so, and then September is, you know, if you're good, you draw an extra 5,000 a game, but, uh, I, I don't public relations to me is, uh, you know, I mean, it was great public relations to sign Correa and, you yeah. know, when, they, when they threw him in his lap and, uh, and like that, but, People, people didn't come to the ballpark till June. So uh, I, I don't know. It's just, I, I just look at them and say, uh-uh, 
this isn't a good team. This isn't a great team. I mean, you know, they have Joe Ryan, we want to crown him into something that, you know, he's a, he's a young pitcher. Who's about the number four starter most places. So uh, he's, he's nothing great. And uh, he's, he's okay. You can throw him at the back end of, the, of a good rotation. Uh, Chris Archer, you know, he'll give you a good three and third or four innings or so. I mean, they're, and then the bullpen, how long did we think Joe Smith was going to fool people? Oh, for God's sake. I, I, I believe he's 112 years old and he's been with 25 teams and all of a sudden, Ooh, we got Joe Smith. I mean, what's wrong with, you know, I blame what? myself for the Joe Smith thing. I, uh, I, I took notice of him finally when he was on his big start of the year scoreless streak and yeah. told C mill that I was going to write about him. Chris Miller, a baseball editor. I told him, I was, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to mention him on the podcast and do this thing on him for the next day. And as I think it was that night that he gave up his first run. And so uh-huh. I kind of had to re had to tweak the tweak a blog post I'd written for print say, Oh, he finally gave up a run and, you know, kind of reframed it a little bit. So like ever since that scoreless start, he's given up like, I don't know, like 16 runs in 14 innings or something like that, including like what five of them yesterday. Uh, yeah. With three home runs. Yes. Yeah. Right. That was three impressive. Home. That was something else. That's, yeah. But I mean, the White Sox have played like mutts all year, mm-hmm. right? I mean, still they, three out for for fifty, sixty games. They they made three errors a game, and they uh, the, the you know the pitching was shaky as can be. And but yesterday they send out Dylan Cease, and you send out Chris Archer. You got five percent chance to win that game. The only way you're going to win the game is if Dylan Cease gets hit in his ankle with a line drive and has to leave or something. You get you got zero chance to win that game. Uh, you know that's why I said after Saturday's game that was a very big win because it keeps them from getting swept. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. They're just you know I've been I have not uh, been uh, excited about this club all year just because. I'm a believer in Tom Kelly baseball, right? Yeah. And Tom Kelly tells you it's all about the pitching. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. He, you know, it's all about the pitching. And even though the lineup is okay and, you know, you know, Buxton is going to start the all star game with his 210 average. Boy, am I proud. Now that Trout's not going to play. And, uh, the, the lineup's okay, but you can't win with you can't win with this pitching staff. It's uh, ridiculous to uh, to uh, think that something was going to be accomplished this year. The the only reason, by the way, Mike, when they blew the lead and then they regained it, they only won a half their game. I know. They regained it, and Cleveland lost them all. I know the White Sox played terrible their last terrible stretch of baseball. So. I don't know. It's not, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just never, I've never, I've never gotten into this team. And then the whole thing last week when they couldn't get a clutch hit to save their lives, they yeah. were, you know, loading up the bases and they, but what was it? The, I think Bremer or Corey or somebody was making a big deal out of it. They, Loaded the bases in the first inning in four straight games against the White Sox and scored one run, you know, something like that. So uh, there were four straight games against, you know, someplace. I don't know. 
MGM Wine and Spirits is the choice for savings, service, and a great selection of spirits, pre-mixed cocktails, wines, and of course, ice-cold beers and hard seltzers. With over 30 locations throughout the Twin Cities and beyond, there's an MGM near you. Head to MGMWineAndSpirits.com to find a convenient location in your area. Get social. Follow MGM on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest news and trends. Make great moments with MGM Wine and Spirits, your locally owned and operated choice for over 50 years. Save time, save money. Shop MGM. That's a good way to go. By the way, it's a five-day break this year. They don't play on Friday for some reason. Longest that them and the Angels both have a five-day break. I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what. Uh, Phil explained it in his notes a couple of days ago, and I wasn't even quite sure what how the, how this came about because the the team that's off on Friday isn't the team that they're playing on Saturday. So that's I, weird. That's very strange. I don't know what the hell was going on, but uh, they got five days off and uh, they probably need it. But of course, if they come back, it'll be because they, and they still stink. It'll be because the break was too long and we got rusty. So uh, we'll we'll always make some excuse, but uh, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's not the way to go winging into the all-star break, uh, getting out. It's 16 to one by the most talented team in the division. Whitey's, you know, everybody said, you know, 95% of the American sports observers said the White Sox are going to win the division. And guess what? They're going to be right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, they, they sure breathed some life into them. I mean, if, if this was a, it kind of reminds me of some of those in, in reverse a little bit, kind of reminds me of some of those twins teams of the 2000s where you knew they were the best yep. team um, i'm thinking i think i was just looking i was i'm thinking of 2003 in particular yep. where they just were you know good for a while i was surprised I, i'd forgotten that team was in mid-june 38 and 27 and then went on a horrendous 6 and 22 bender into the break but then the, you still had a feeling that they were gonna that they were the best team and end up winning the division by i think four games, but it was six with a couple to play and they just didn't they play got anybody. Shannon. Didn't they get yep. Shannon Stewart at the break then? Yep, they did. And that was, uh, he gave him a big lift, but <laughs> uh, that team was way more talented than this team. I'll, team I'll never, I'll never forget. Um, I was at the first, I think I actually covered the first game out of the break that year for us. I'm not sure why I got that assignment, but um, it was after they acquired Shannon Stewart and he, he actually went like, they won that game, but he went like 0 for 4, and they um, he made two outs in the first inning of that game, if I'm not mistaken. But the, the pregame scrum in that game, he didn't even have his bats yet. His bats had not yet arrived, um, so he had to use a teammate's bat. And somebody asked him um, whose bats he was going to use, and he said it was uh, he was going to use Louis Rivas's bats. And I can't remember who it was, but somebody quipped, oh, yeah, there's a lot of hits left in those bats. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like something I might've said, but I don't think it was me. So anyway, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I just, you know, that's, that's a bad way to go into the break. They've been in first place basically all year, but they're just not, they're not a team worth getting excited about. Sorry. Now there is a, there is a, uh, the whole, uh, the blogger world of uh, twins uh, people, which is, uh, you know, God love them. I think they do a good job and stuff, but they're, uh, 
there's some serious homers in that uh, group, and they 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 get very upset when we don't appreciate what a wonderful uh, season we've had so far. By the way, 94 games. They do lead the the American League in games played. <laughs> they've won more than everybody else, and several more than many teams. But uh, you know, there, there's some people who are upset that we aren't excited enough. But I look at this team, and sorry. I can't get excited and I can get excited about, you know, baseball. I love baseball, but not uh, this team. This team does not do it for me, especially with Buxton's hitting 210 instead of 260. Games played might be their best stat. You don't want to, you know, you don't, when you're playing, when everybody in the division's 500, you don't want to have games in hand. You want to have games played already. You want to have wins banked, not games in hand. Baseball is not a sport where you want games in hand because it's not a point system like no. hockey. No, you do not want games in hand in this division. You want who have won games already. Um, it's uh, Let's talk quick about their draft. Um, Brooks Lee, shortstop, college shortstop. Sounds like, you know, and they, this, is, this is what happens whenever somebody gets taken, but they, they, they always say they're surprised he was available, thrilled he was there. But this one actually looks legit because sounds like this shortstop brooks lee was kind of a consensus you know top five pick and a couple pitchers get taken early in a draft where you know i had phil on phil miller who covers the twins had him on late last week i think it was thursday's show setting up the white Sox series we talked a little draft and at that point he said there might not be a pitcher taken in the top seven that they might have their pick of the first pitcher off the board but when a couple pitchers got taken here you go brooks lee gets handed to them so you know baseball draft is a hard one to get too fired up about because we won't see these guys for forever although a college player you probably have a little bit likelier chance to see him sooner than obviously a high school player but sounds like they did pretty well for themselves in uh, on sunday yeah yeah supposedly switch hitter and uh what's but he wasn't he was at uh what what college? Kind of a second line college, right? He was, he was at, uh, I believe he was at Cal Poly. Is that right? Started somewhere else, I think, and then he transferred. And yeah, he was he, at Cal Poly. Put here, and they thought he was. Uh, uh, I, I was actually watched a little of the baseball draft yesterday to see how stupid it was, and uh, they they really did a fine job because the draft picks are supposed to be five minutes apart, but TV had them. ESPN was was on, and it was on MLB Network. They were going like 12, 13 minutes. When did that draft end you last night? About three in the morning. Yeah, I don't know. I gave up after the twins pick, but uh, but it was uh, it was taken forever. At least they uh, at least they were more uh, when the when Manfred came out, he didn't try to triumph it or anything. He just came out and said, "This is who the pick was," and. Uh, and we'll be back with uh, whoever's picking next. But they, they certainly stretched it out. By the way, you know what helps, Mike? What? To have had a father who was a Major League Baseball player. Yes, yes. First two picks, <laughs> and then Carl Crawford's son goes in the top ten, too, right? So uh, three sons of Major League Baseball players. And this was the first, uh, only the second son of a Major League player to go first. The other one? junior Ken oh Griffin. man yeah so. well, you gonna see that more and more now i think because it's not just lineage right i mean there's something to be said for you know this the the genes that you 
get passed on. There's, there's a genetic component to it too, but as players make more and more money, um, the, the sons and daughters of famous players will be growing up in environments where they have all sorts of resources available to them and can, you know, use their, can, can fine tune their talents to become even better. So yeah, that does not, that does not surprise me at all. Holiday and the bride must've got married pretty early. Isn't it with this kid, right? Didn't he just quit playing about two years ago? Yeah. It <laughs> never, it never makes me feel young when I see names <laughs> like that. And I'm like, wait a minute. I it was somebody that I thought was maybe still playing. Like you, you lose track of some players and you're like, oh, how old is he? Like 32. And he's like, no, he's 40 something. You're like, wait, what? He's been out of the game for five years. Like, I don't know. You, if you don't pay. All right. I, I thought he was playing with the Cardinals about two years ago. I couldn't yeah. And remember, but uh, anyway, it's uh, that's uh, some. Uh, I, I did see this kid, uh, Tamara, whatever his name is. He was drafted high, I think third or fourth infielder, supposed to be really good high school kid. Man, he had the bat flip down already. <laughs> <laughs> nice, but they uh, they they showed, I think it was him, they showed a picture of this crowd taunting him overrated overrated oh, you know man. through a crowd and he goes deep way out over there and apparently it was a draft prospect he was facing and and he took a leisurely trip around the bases after that <laughs> don't chant overrated at a kid who's you no. know it's 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 amazing though mike the the way they're selecting these kids now and what the, the information they have and the development they have with all these showcases and all this summer stuff. I remember when Tommy Nevers got drafted in the first round out of Edina and I went out to see him play a game and late April, and it was about 35 degrees. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 20 scouts there. And he took BP, took about 12 swings and to BP. And then he batted four times. They walked him three times and he fielded two balls and threw him to first base and say, okay, file your report, fellas. What'd you think? <laughs> right. You know, it's a little different when you go to a showcase and they're playing against great other great players and they play six games in three days, you know, yes. you get a little more feedback on these players. Now they should be more accurate now than they were, uh, you know, 25 years ago they have a lot more information let's uh let's switch gears here a little bit to the british open patrick cameron smith that boy 64 64 on sunday 20 under for the tournament in the british open was this the british open or the john deere classic well 20 <laughs> under what is going on here well it's if the wind doesn't blow St. Andrews is pretty much defenseless and uh, the wind, they did not get any lousy weather. It's all, you know, they don't, they don't do anything. The golf course, they just put it there. And if mother nature chooses to do something and let the wind blow 40 miles an hour, then they're going to have high scores. And those greens were rocks, man, but that kid can roll it. Holy cow. I mean, we did that same thing in the players. He did it for a while at the masters. He is a putting fool. And uh, Rory, you know, Rory can't putt. God love him. He can't putt. He's, uh, he doesn't, he'll, he'll may never win a Masters because it's a putting contest. And he can't putt. I, I, when I say can't putt, I mean, he, you know, once in a while he'll have a hot round with the putter. But 
he's not a putter. Uh, I mean, when he's when he's taking a six footer, there's a chance he didn't he two putted eighteen times yesterday. Two putted didn't have a one putt green. Wow. You can't win the British Open without a one putt green for man's man. And and Smith is just rolling them in from every place, man alive. And uh, it, you know, I was I became more aware of him this spring. And uh, just uh, just when, when he's got the blade in his hand, you're not surprised if it goes in from anywhere. It's it, he looks like uh, well Woods when he was in his youth, but um, you know, for us old timers, the, the old Tom Watson who was the greatest putter of all time until he missed his first four footer, and then he yeah. and then he hit the ball to the green as by to the hole as much as he used to. But uh, so we got a big thrill. I was talking to Stensas, uh, Brian Stensas yesterday, and he told me about 11 in the morning. I was talking about something else. And he said that the, the PGA media website had Cameron Smith committed to the three M open. This week. <laughs> okay. And then, and then I, texted him later in the day and i said he's not coming now and he says he never was coming they screwed it up it was cameron davis oh really <laughs> that's like i said that's like when saying the the timberwolves acquired lebron james and then saying oh wait it was mike <laughs> <laughs> it was lebron smith Whoops. Yeah, different LeBron. LeBron it was LeBron Smith but yeah that was uh, I mean it was fun to watch that kid putt but the, the golf course was uh, really easy uh, I mean hell it's it's like some prairie golf course in Minnesota they just you know it's just this place with these goofy holes that are in there that you know that if, if you get a bad break and your drive runs too far and runs into one of these bunkers, you're going to make six. Beyond that, there's no great challenge to the golf course if the wind's not blowing. I was over there once for 2002 at Mirfield, and uh, Thursday, Friday, they were kind of ripping it up, even though it's a tougher course than St. Andrews. But Tiger and the whole afternoon group got caught, caught in this storm. Tiger shot 81 and he was lucky to do that. The wind was blowing 45 in a driving rain and they kept playing. They don't care as long as there's not lightning. Right. And it, it's all those golf courses over there. It's all based on whether the wind blows hard or not. The wind didn't blow hard. This kid made all his putts and it was a dang worthy winner. That's for sure. Absolutely. Um, let's move on to a couple other things at the end of here. Patrick, I, I was watching the, uh, the Loons match, this must have been Saturday night. They were playing against D.C. United, and they had, Loons won. It was a good you – know, D.C. United's been terrible this year. And I I hadn't been following this closely enough, but I knew that um, I knew that United – D.C. United had hired Wayne Rooney, the, uh, you know, the longtime yep. superstar, um, to be their new – manager but they they flashed this graphic up on the screen that said something like wayne rooney hired as um dc united manager on like july 12th or something like that so like four days previous to that and he's sitting up in the he's sitting up in the box or something watching the game they still have their interim manager managing this game and i'm thinking what what other 
league? In what in what they, world do you take over a team but not manage a game? Uh, that, uh, that, that, yeah, that, that caught me off guard. Yeah, well, he's trying to look at his. They are uh, they're they're unbelievable the way they do stuff, and uh, yeah, I'm sure he's observing. Yeah. The big question is: Is he still married to Colleen? Because that tabloids loved Colleen, man. Uh, when I was in London, tabloids, Rooney's wife Colleen, and they would have some difficulties. But when the uh, wags went to like the south of France every year during the off season. The uh, tabloids were dedicated to uh, bikini pictures of Colleen and the other girls. And I was, I was doing a morning show then at KSDP, and we'd always look at the London Mail and the stuff in the morning to see who was uh, who was with the tabloids. I mean, the front page of the tabloids would be pictures of soccer girlfriends and wives right. on the beach in the south of France, and Colleen Rooney was one of the big. Uh, one of their uh, finer attractions of that. So uh, that's whenever I think of Wayne, I think of uh, of, of the tabloids in London. And well, uh, how, how would our athletes handle that if that's the way the newspapers covered them here in uh, in 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 the United States? Uh, they get mad if uh, you know if you uh, I, I don't know if you mention anything about their personal life yes. over there. It's over there. Their dating history is. Uh, is a uh, by the way the cats in uh, Europe is on an extended European trip with his uh, with his uh, girlfriend whatever her name is the uh, former friend of the Kardashians so uh, whatever her name is but the cats that's where cats become one of those Europe travelers kind of like uh, Ricky Nolasco and Giano Giancarlo Ricky that's what I love best about Ricky couldn't pitch. But he traveled with Giancarlo to spend the winter in uh, various outposts in Europe. <laughs> oh, man, Ricky, I love Ricky might not have been able to pitch, but at least he was honest. I still remember being at his introductory news conference. He was asked why he started with the Twins, and he said, it was the money, baby. That was it. <laughs> that was it. They offered him the biggest contract. I think he got $48 million, didn't he, for four like 40, years? 48 49 something like that. It was, you know, he was, was coming up. He was coming off a good year, but that was uh, that was a lot to pay for Ricky Nolasco. I, I, uh, I don't think he, I don't think he burned with desire to play the game. I don't no. think I ever felt that way. But no. uh, yeah, it is odd though that uh, so we're hot now, right? The Lynx, though, right? I mean, not the, the Lynx. The Loons. Yeah, they they the won. Loons. They won yeah. that one. I think Reynoso had a couple of goals in that game. More than one goal in uh, three straight games, three, four straight games. That's yeah, good. they had well, they had the one-one draw in there, but they've got they had the three games in a row where they had three goals, and then I think they had two the other night uh, in that win over DC United. So yeah, they're they're playing much better now. I think that's a five or six game unbeaten streak now, and you know, in the table, we don't call them the standings, Patrick. We call it the table. In the table now, they are up to. Um, fourth place in the wow. West. Um, nine wins, eight losses, four draws. So still not. How many fixtures do we have left then? Fixtures. That's a good question. Well, they've played twenty-one fixtures so far, so I suppose that means they have about thirteen left. I think it's a thirty-four game MLS season. Um, so you know, a lot of a lot of soccer left to play, as there always is. It's like an eleven and a half month <laughs> season, but well, it's a. Uh, take a month off in the middle of the soccer, what should be the soccer season because you got to have the international whatever the hell it is yes 
and they have to finish early this year because of the World Cup in uh, Qatar in uh, November. I was going to, uh, a couple of years ago, I was going to go over and write a column using none of the soccer terms, you know, yeah. game, and, you know, <laughs> to, to see if I could agitate people by using none of the soccer terms, but it wasn't worth my effort. So, you know, back, back in the, back in the day, I might've done that, but uh, not, not now I'm not a now. more serious journalist. So, <laughs> not as you've matured, not as you've matured. Yes, matured, oh. yes. But Loons did win. Aurora win one uh, nothing. Um, Morgan Turner, who I had on the podcast on Friday, had the only goal in their playoff win she Sunday. She a but collegiate or she post collegiate? I believe she's post collegiate. She played at DePaul. Um, so uh, yeah, she's uh, she's good though. She's and she was. So, I think she's had goals in five straight games. She's had goals in both of their playoff games. So rising to the occasion but i just felt good that well, the success they've had as a collegiate team and uh pre-professional as the great pr person andrea yak uh, describes it was who, who that was quite a term to come up with pre-professional but uh why don't they move up to the why don't they get a franchise in the league i bet they will i bet they will eventually how about next year Let's, yeah, let's I mean, they're, we're the world champ. We're going to be the world champs of the of this league. Of where, USLW. I think yeah. the, they were playing yesterday as an academy, right? Yeah, they're pretty it's good too. A soccer I, academy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what their. I don't know what their future is, but this is the most you know, one of the more surprising things you can imagine. You know that, like you said, this is not a. You know, this is a league that you know who knew what the what could what would happen this year and they're drawing like 5,000 fans a game 6,000 for the playoffs out at the Vikings you know practice field out at TCO Performance Center it's just it feels like the support they've had will warrant a elevation in status to the uh, the, the professional league not the pre-professional league um, sooner rather than later uh, good luck to them. I, uh, I, I, you know, I'm more interested in the Moon Doggies down there in the Northwest League. That's another collegiate league, but uh, you know, good. I, I really, uh, my my Aurora knowledge is uh, rather limited, to say the least. You but limited your knowledge. They're, oh, but they're drawn people, so they are. You know, I now do they all get drunk and? Uh, go crazy like they used to when they, the kicks games is it kind of like the kicks games where there's a debauchery and stuff going on out in the parking lot. Probably I not. Don't think it's quite like that. <laughs> although it's uh, you know, who knows, who knows Egg. what it will become. Hey, let's Egg. uh, I'll go ahead. Kegs and crazy behavior. No, <laughs> uh, before we go, Patrick, I know you're uh, one thing you have a lot of knowledge of is baseball. Tony Oliva, you are headed out to, induction weekend next weekend i gotta imagine you're looking forward to that uh, programming note by the way we will you and i will be talking tuesday next week not monday because of both of our schedules next week but uh gotta imagine that's going to be a pretty special uh weekend for you yeah it'll be fun uh tony is uh uh going in of course god i, I yes been friend with him for a long time. Got him on the radio show for about five years. The greatest guest ever. He could not be stumped. He had a story for everything. By the way, somebody sent me this. It was in yesterday's paper. 
July is this day in baseball, today in baseball. Okay. July 17th, 1969. Jim Cott was charged with three errors. <laughs> wow. Wasn't he like he was a great he was a great fielder, right? Straight gold gloves, but yeah. yeah. On the day we had all our stuff in the paper about him, the today in baseball, he was charged with three years. But yeah, two great twins, Cott and uh, and Tony, the greatest of all, my all-time favorite player to uh, watch when I was a fan and or to cover for those two years and just many years as a coach. I love the guy. And uh, yeah, it'll be great. I'm really anxious to see. The prices out there are outrageous. I, I'm, I'm sure there can be a lot of Minnesotans who had to figure out a, uh, a good way to get there and come sweeping into town on, uh, on Saturday or Sunday morning for the ceremony because it's uh, uh, I am going, of course, with uh, a, a mutual friend of ours, Sharkman. Yes. And uh, we're going in and we're, we're in Utica for a couple of nights just because nobody can. The place I stayed in uh, Cooperstown, Mike, when I went in February with Tony. Yes. Uh, the railroad in. You could have you could have uh, filmed the shining in the railroad <laughs> in February. They wanted 800 a night. Uh, three night minimum Woo. 51 Crazy. 51 weeks a year they got to make up for those they got... <laughs> yeah right well i'm sure in the summer they charge a couple yeah, of them, i suppose but, uh, honest to god they had a young woman behind the desk and me that was who was in the bill they'd have a they'd have breakfast there in the morning for all their guests it'd be a banana you know <laughs> it was because there was nobody there there was nobody there and they're charging 800 a night hall of fame weekend. So it's amazing. Uh, wow. It is rather incredible, but yeah, it'll be fun. And, uh, I, uh, I, uh, I love, uh, I love Tony and uh, I love Cot too. So it'll be great. Well, I look it's forward to look forward to hearing all those stories next week. Enjoy, uh, enjoy the trip and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk again in a week. All right. All right, Michael. See you.